1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. Solly here in the Kill House on a Sunday night. A lot of golf going on all around the world uh, this past week. We're going to try to get to all of it. TC is here on my left. TC, how are you?
2: I am great. Was up in uh, Northwest Ohio this weekend. It was low fifties. Mm, Felt so. good. That's got
1: to be pleasant. We're not. Get- we're done with that down in here in uh, in Jackson. To my right on the screen uh and actually probably behind me if we're talking literally way out in denver uh big randy how are you
0: good evening gentlemen i am well tc i hope you enjoyed god's country up there in northwest ohio
2: i did i did you know i was you know I was a little bit a little bit scattered the whole time that i was keeping my head on a swivel with that chinese rocket
0: did it, did it, it come down
2: yet blood. yeah it, where did, did it where did it land
1: uh, in, the it, hmm. in the ocean.
2: In the Indian Ocean off the Maldives. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Maldives, Probably fortunately,
0: Maldives. but also a little bit unfortunately, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah,
2: well, I, I think you said it best. It could have been the ultimate rub-of-the-green situation of all time.
0: God, can you imagine just getting your day ruined by a <laughs> falling Chinese rocket from nowhere? Tough.
2: Uh, on a somewhat
1: different note, um, speaking of falling rockets, uh, I'm going to talk to you guys about the Epic Speed. We've talked about drivers a lot. We have not talked about fairway woods. And I have to say, I'm, I've been hesitant to change my fairway wood. I used the Epic Flash for probably too long.
2: You have been very yeah. hesitant. To
1: I put the Epic Speed in and immediately, I kind of, I thought I liked the kind of spoon. What, what do you call that? The, the Epic Flash has like a spoonier face, like a, you know what I mean?
2: A little bit deeper face. Yeah, deeper yeah. face.
1: The the Epic Speed has is back to that flat face look uh, that I think I used in the original original Epic. And this is the best three wood I've ever hit. I went to it immediately. I've never had a three wood that doesn't like hook on me. And this one does not. I actually, first time I've ever hit a fade with a fairway wood used it in my qualifiers the last couple weeks. I told our guys at Callaway like, I want to talk about this. And that was two qualifiers ago. The last one didn't go so great, but the one before that I hit a lot of fairways with three woods and there's two models of Epic fairways. There's the speed and the max. The max has a slightly larger footprint. It's meant to help uh, with a slightly higher launch angle, a little more draw bias. And the Epic Speed has got a little more compact footprint, more standard launch angle, neutral shot shaping bias. Both the Epic Speed and the Epic Max are available in three, three strong, five and seven woods. And then the Epic Speed also has a four wood option.
2: Which is, um, I'm most excited about going back to right-handed.
1: Because you want a four wood?
2: I want an Epic epic Speed four wood. Just perfect for
1: I'm it. interested. The Max also has a couple cult classics. The Heaven Wood, the Nine Wood, and even an Eleven Wood, which I see Randy's eyebrows perking up mm, with that. Mm. <laughs> Randy, you <laughs> That's played in golf your yet? future.
2: Out, out in Denver, have you played golf yet? No, no rounds yet. Okay. Uh,
1: you can learn more about Epic Fairway Woods uh, at CallawayGolf.com slash epic. All right, the rib. I, I said the rib is back. Uh, I said the king has returned. TC already is in my ass on Twitter about that.
2: It, I just, I'm not putting that, that much stock into it. It was paltry leaderboard other than, you know, I like Honest Abe. I like Hovland a lot. I, you mentioned it today. I, I I like Gary Woodland a lot off the course. I can't stand watching him play golf. Just not joyous
1: to watch him play golf. It's I don't so know why that is. And yeah, I, do, I don't know why that is. We but, can talk about that. But
2: Rory, it just feels like that course is just so prime for him. I mean, he's, he's blowing it over every dog leg. Uh, I feel like the greens were were fast all week, where everybody was hitting defensive putts, and the, the ball is kind of limp into the hole. I was disappointed with Keith Mitchell today. You know, Rory Rory hit some great shots down the stretch. Really impressed with his, his shot on seventeen. Like I typically like when a week is like a race to minus ten versus yeah. minus twenty or minus twenty two or something like that. But for whatever reason at Quail Hollow, it just never really. I don't know. It just feels like it was just tailor made for for Rory, and that's that's all there is to it. And nobody mounted a charge.
1: Yeah, I think it's I think it's significant that he's back in the winner's circle, right? Even if the course is tailor made to him, there's a lot of courses on the PGA Tour that are tailor made to him, and True. he doesn't win. So to see him go out and win now was he the benefit of one of the great draws of all time on the PGA Tour mm-hmm. or in recent years on the PGA Tour? Yes, uh, he was, but. You know, I mean, well, all right, so Randy, of the green. a lot great. of uh, some positive rub of the green, which he could use a, a, a bouncer to in that regard. Randy, I still, I guess you got to re-explain this bit for like the 85th time, because I got a bunch of messages on Twitter
0: saying, oh, you really
1: regret calling him dead now,
0: Randy? <laughs> What's up now? He won a tour of that, you know, the, you know, say do it in a major. I'm. I'm, I'm good on, especially at Quail Hollow. Tron, I, I think you, you neutered your take a little bit. I, I was expecting <laughs> you to bring a little bit of fire that I could get
2: behind. What do you mean you know? I neutered my take? It was I, I detonated his win. I, it was, I was not impressed.
0: Not impressed at all. It, it's just, well yeah, whatever. It, it doesn't do anything for me. I, I will say, though, in all seriousness, it's nice to have him win. Uh, but until he does something at a major, doesn't mean a whole lot for me long term.
2: I just don't feel like that course was asking him that many questions.
0: He can
1: cheat a lot on a lot of the questions, right? Here he knows what the answer. He knows what questions the questions are in the study guide, right? And he he studied pretty hard for it. In and there's regard. a couple.
2: Like you got to hit a you got you still got to hit the golf shots, right? But in seventy second hole, and then yesterday he made a little bit of a mess yesterday. But but that's you know it it just seems like he's playing a radically different course than say Abraham answer. Yeah, out there he
1: and and we could talk some some Quail Hollow, but uh, so the thing with rory that's been for you know the past several years has been really good golf uh, everywhere in the world except for majors really and to a certain extent like at least right before the pandemic like really good golf but why aren't you winning like this is crazy good results why aren't you winning but that went away. That has been gone for a couple months now. He's to fall, He fell to 15th in the world, wasn't really even playing good golf anymore. So in that regard, whether he won or lost this week, the fact that he's back to playing good golf is the number one sign, the big takeaway, right? I yeah. don't think you have to take too much from him winning. I mean, he's expected to win some of these things. But that to me, it's just like, all right, now we're back to playing really good golf. Was it perfect? Was it like Rory flexing on people and Rory out in the wide open and running and, and dunking on people? No, it wasn't. But that almost makes me a little bit, you know, more cautiously optimistic about things going forward.
2: I want to see him validated in two weeks.
1: I mean, winning a couple weeks right before you're returning to a major site that you won by eight shots, like yeah, the, he knows the questions are coming and the expectations probably just change for that week. But I don't. Know, did it change in your? Rainy? Does it change your opinion going into Kiowa for Rory?
0: Um, you know, I <laughs> he was going to be a threat to win. He's still a threat to win. No, it doesn't change it that much. For me, I mean, I I think we gotta we gotta go back to what Hovland said early in the week, hmm. calling calling it driving range golf out there at Quail Hollow, and what what guy more typifies driving range golf uh, than than Rory?
2: That's I don't know, and kind of tried to. Gagging on 18 there.
0: We'll talk about
1: 18. But going back, we uh, we got this question from Philip Lucid. He said, How impressive is it that the Rib disappeared for three weeks and came back exclusively hitting cuts and contends immediately? He doesn't always get it done, but that is insane. And I did find it very interesting that he's saying he's committing to hitting only cuts off the tee, which sounds crazy. And there were a couple shots out there where I was like, yeah, man, draw with driver would look really, really good right here. But there's also something to like Dustin Johnson saying how many draw like, when somebody asked him. I forget where this was. You know how many driver how many draws did you hit with driver last year? And He's just like zero. I hit no draws with driver.
2: That's where I don't understand why he pulled dri- three wood off off 18t.
1: I think he said he you know when he needs to draw one he's gonna pull three wood right. And a lot of guys like would rather move a ball towards a hazard than than aim at it and cut it, and move it away from it. So that, I'm sure that's what he's thinking, and then. He just, he still has that left, left of left miss there on 18, which that was, that was jarring there on 18.
2: I I was impressed. I thought it was good decision making to do what he did though, you know, dropping it.
1: It must have been a really bad, worse lie than it looked on TV though, because I thought he could have hit a 60 degree out into the fairway at least. It looked
2: so awkward from the, like how much, how sidehill it was. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's just like I was in a hotel. Actually, Randy, when we were out in California, We're in sitting in the hotel, and they had the PGA Championship from Valhalla replaying, and I just I couldn't I couldn't take my eyes off of it, like Rory just being an absolute killer, alpha, and and yeah like like no regard for anybody else on the course,
1: playing literally playing through,
2: bouncing (laughs) out of his shoes like you know he like that walk that swagger yeah hitting that nasty draw and all that and pouring in putts like you know just. Not, playing golf, not drip speed, like like playing aggressive golf, and and I was thinking, God, like like that was the last time I remember Rory being yeah being Rory.
0: Uh, is this uh is this Pete the Cat Pete Cowan? I mean, are are these immediate dividends from the new swing coach for Rory? i you willing be. to buy in on that. Has uh, to
1: be. I mean, they showed that that CBS has a great graphic where it shows you know the the different colors of the club going back. Like almost like their version of swing tracer, but I don't forget what they call it, but, you know, it's like a red line going back and then green and the downswing. they did a side by side of it, which was awesome. The bad part was Faudo was explaining the differences, and it made zero sense to me. But the club, so I can't explain what the it difference It looked a lot better, it though. It looked right? different. I don't yeah. even know if better was the right. But he's, he, you know, look at the knee, look at the foot here. I'm like, I don't know what I'm looking at here, man. And so, but it was, it was kind of jarring to see the difference in the swing. It looked a little more vertical, um, which I guess would support a cut a little bit. But gosh, yeah, I mean, it, as long as he doesn't have a two-way miss off the tee, as far as he's gonna hit it, and if he knows, and if he plays almost like Tiger Peak Tiger golf, where you just kind of miss it in the right rough all the time, like yeah, he's probably gonna contend at a lot, a lot of golf tournaments. Yeah. So in that regard, I'm, I'm. In Brendan Kelly, thirty-three asked any connection between the return of spectators and the return to form of Rory. I mean, it's he talked about it afterwards. That was probably the most attended event that we've seen so far. I mean, that, that can't be a coincidence. I wouldn't say.
2: I would definitely no, think. I mean, juice wise, he was, yeah. he was he was bouncing around.
0: Yeah, he credited it. Uh, a little bit in the post game too, so uh, taking him at his word, it, it seemed to help him for sure.
1: And the perspective was off the charts. Walking off to see it. on Mother's Day with his wife there and, and his and his baby daughter, that was just pers- perspective intensifying right Ma- in front of our eyes. the McRibblet. yes. <laughs> uh,
2: any any story to be told with the stats? Or uh, not, as tee, not as dominant off the tee. Not as dominant
1: off the this week that you might think. He was 18th in strokes gained off the tee, which kind of surprising. In 10th in strokes gained approached the green. His, I will say, his distance control from Friday on, at least everything that I saw, was spectacular. I mean. He's still not stuffing it in there with the wedges, and I think a lot of people are still waiting for that to happen. And if he wants to, you know, win one of these things, that's going to be more of a birdie fest. He's going to have to do that. But uh, third in strokes gained putting this week was the big the big difference, which I, I found those greens just to be borderline not fun to watch on the, the putting. I thought it was so defensive, and the greens were just so fast. And we can talk some Quail Hollow he here, was, but
2: he was buoyed by Faxon calling him one of the ten best putters, <laughs> which,
1: which is certainly a take. Uh, to our friend, by our friend Brad. But uh, we, yeah, we can maybe talk about that. But I wouldn't say he's one of the 10 best putters of all time. But, you know, Rory can heat up with the putter. But
0: uh, where, Randy, where are you at with Quail Hollow? Kind of like, I, for whatever reason, it gives me Muirfield Village light. Uh, just feels, I don't know. It seems a bit just plastic. I, I don't know. There's there's not a ton of soul there. Whenever I watch Quail Hollow, I, I, I just can't. There, there's not... It feels like like, there's not much juice for me.
2: It feels like if Quail or if if Muirfield Village and Congressional had a baby. Hmm. I
0: like that. Which is crazy because it's like those are the Rory courses, right? Yeah. It's just so tailor made for him.
1: It feels. I got to be careful that we don't talk out of that. I'm not talking out of both sides of my mouth in terms of wanting challenge for tour players. It just kind of seems like the not fun version of challenge. Like it doesn't seem that entertaining to watch. Dudes, like, it be, distance be this much of a prerequisite. And, you know, the guys that don't bomb it, uh, you know, and are pretty, not eliminated, but like just slowly die off as the week goes along. Yeah. Like, that doesn't seem like it rewards kind of one playing style. It's one of the most bomber friendly places on tour. It's just, especially what they did with all the changes they made for the PGA, they lengthened so many holes, and I know pars are relevant, but it just is kind of boring to watch, you know, dog-leggish sort of long 500-yard par four uh, with rough on both sides and kind of some haphazard uh, fairway bunkers. That just just doesn't really do it for me. I, I, I struggle to really explain why I'm kind of with you there, Randy, but it just does not do it for me. Now, I was up in Charlotte this week and talked to a bunch of people about About it and like very evident talking to eight to 10 people uh, at the wedding I was at that like they're all like in love with the place, love walking around it. It's green. It's beautiful. Awesome place to attend a tournament. I'm well supported. I'm sympathetic to all of that but like if we're like for i don't know a nerd like myself i think you can i can put you guys in this bucket too it just like doesn't doesn't do a lot for me i'm not going to tell you if you like quail i'm not going to tell you you're wrong like i that's yeah. kind of very much the, it's i don't feel passionately about it not being a great golf course for tournaments but i just it doesn't really do a lot for me
2: it's the foz's stadium it course, is the
1: most right it's extremely fozzy
2: uh it's all you know and it's i i mean i don't want to dump on the city of charlotte cuz you know it's it's the best venue in charlotte sure and it's been very well supported since it since it came on early, in the early 2000s. Remember when David Toms made a made quad, a quad and to win? one by four. <laughs> that was awesome. You know, and then yeah, Randy, you show up to the tournament and they'll they'll sign you up for a checking account, right?
0: <laughs> exactly. A couple maybe. Uh, Solly, I think you described my feelings perfectly where it, like it looks good, I want to like it, and if you like it, that's awesome. There's just something missing and I don't really know what it is um i that was well said president's cup really like yeah what a
2: following royal, royal melbourne we we're, we're going to go do this at, at quail hollow i went to the beach with Maddie today and he was actually kind of he was kind of positive on it he was like you know what like i it's not they won a uh, a couple weeks ago and then they were originally going to play quail hollow and mark was like not nah, like we're good <laughs> and, uh, but he said like it's it's actually he thinks it's going to not go against the international team at least it, it you know, it certainly doesn't favor them, but he said like they're gonna dial those greens up, and you could probably grow the, grow the rough up a little bit. Like, I, like I was so impressed with Abe Anser today. Yeah. I mean, there's there's no reason he should be contending on this golf
1: course. <laughs> Abe hits it like way better than and I always just assumed he was just great putter and got yeah. that's how he contended. Oh, he's but he's pure he's, with his iron. He's just like right? an okay yeah. putter and yeah. actually a really great ball striker and actually really good off the tees. Eighth and strokes getting off the tee this week, but where I'm at with that, it's kind of like. All right, we have, we go to these golf courses for PGA Tour events yeah. for a lot of reasons, but a lot of them being 156 guys can get through this field, a 72 hole stroke play event at this venue is why we're going here. For a 12, 12v12 match play event that's made for TV, like we we can get creative on where we go with that. I, I would like to think. I mean, Liberty National is not where I'm going with that, I but like. It just comes down to hospitality, right? I know, but still, like, Muirfield Village. Liberty gonna, National, Quail Hollow, the last three American and, venues. And they're going to reroute it. So yeah.
2: I get, what, like 12, 13? The Green
1: Mile like moves up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And,
2: then, and then, you know, it's, but it's just, yeah, I'm with you. It doesn't do a whole lot for me. And by all accounts, it doesn't sound like they're doing great as far as selling hospitality and corporate tickets and sponsorships in and around Charlotte. Either. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, I not, President's Cup, you think about it, like, I'm like go out to the go out to the West Coast somewhere. Find you had somewhere. something
1: good going on. You had the Melbourne momentum. Yeah. I mean, I know they decide on these venues a long time ago. I know there's some Johnny Morris, not Johnny Morris, but Johnny Harris is the guy, right? Some stuff that was going on, on moving some events. And he basically kind of weaseled his way into a president's cup or like kind of. Well, shook- he,
2: he saved the Greensboro event back. You know what? Like, Five, 10 that years sounds ago. right. Yeah,
1: and got it basically got a President's Cup out of it. But a few more things from Charlotte before we wrap, but uh on that end. But big names are headlining this weekend's UFC 262 card from Nate Diaz to Michael Chandler. No shortage of action. The DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC, has a heavyweight offer for this weekend's fight with 100 to 1 odds. One fighter will be walking away with the belt. Will you be walking away with the cash? So all you gotta do just pick the main event fighter you think will win. DraftKings Sportsbook will give you 100 to 1 odds on that fighter. Again, bet one dollar on select fighters. If they win, you get one hundred dollars. And if MMA is not for you, DraftKings Sportsbook offers great odds and promotions on basketball, hockey, and so much more. Formula One, Lewis Hamilton, a winner again this this week. I don't know what the odds were on that one, but that was could have been a, a great bet. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. So Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code NLU when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 when you bet on a main card fighter to win. Place your bet. Watch the fist fly this weekend. That's code NLU to turn $1 into $100 on select main card fighters. For a limited time only at the DraftKings Sportsbook, must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. Only new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or an in Indiana 1-800-9 with it. Oh, Neil would have been proud of that one. That was, that was good. That was good. Um, yeah, Keith Mitchell. Uh, it's good to see him back playing some good golf. I know we had, uh, you know, some great feedback. He came on the pod in December. Uh, had a great interview with him about an hour and a half. He claimed it was too serious, and he he wants to come by and drink some beers and do it at the Kill House sometime. But too <laughs> serious
2: on the course. He today. is very mentally cool. in, in very locked waggly. into it.
1: <laughs> they were so commenting was- on the way Dottie thought he looked nervous with the waggles. That's what he does before every shot.
0: Oh, that's a lot. <laughs> It's, it's a lot of waggles.
2: I and, was I was struggling with the the whole pre round or the pre shot routine a little bit. But yeah, I just I don't know. I'd love to see him loosen up a little bit out there. And, you know. a great week, for I mean, was, yeah. he
1: came in you know nursing, a two shot lead heading into Sunday. He had a toughish Sunday. Really, he he hit it fine today. He was forty. He gained strokes tee to green, but kind of he lost some strokes around the green today. Putted it pretty much neutral. Just. He did not play quite good enough on Sunday to win, but uh, a solid, solid T three finish. For a lot him.
2: of guys that were in that, you know, over a hundredth in the FedEx Cup: uh, Keith Mitchell, Gary Woodland, uh, Luke List, um, made some big Ben plays Martin, this week. Yeah. Scott Piercy, Satoshi Kodaira. I don't think we've seen Satoshi Kodaira. That since guy's he put won up some crazy bad at, numbers on tour. Harbour You know,
1: it's 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 officially late early. I mean, I I was kind of trying to put Woodland's uh, FedEx Cup rank into perspective and I kind of struggled to get it out on Twitter today. But like it's we have three months until the playoffs, but, you know, that might seem like a long time. but Like we are a long ways into this season.
2: Yeah, it's tough to make any progress because there's so many points out there already. Right. Um. So
1: uh, but yeah, he moved from like 149th to like 116th or something like that, which listen, I don't. I don't pretend to care that much about the actual FedEx Cup, but it's interesting to see who's in the actual top 125 and some big names that aren't. I found that one.
2: This could be like the the death panel year where, you know, a lot of guys like certain guys falling outside of even that top 150, top 175, not getting into the corn ferry finals even.
1: It's top 200 get into that right or 70? Is it not? I thought it was.
2: You're right. It's yeah. It's it's 126 to 200 get into that, but um, which is ridiculous.
1: Uh, Victor Hovland, again, uh, is a question from Pilot AMP. Morikawa has the better resume at the moment, but is Hovland the better player? Randy?
0: Oh, gosh. Better? I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not qualified to answer that. I, he doesn't strike me as better, maybe on the same footing as Morikawa, but I, it would hard to be hard to, to just say he's better right now, in my opinion. It's so, a I perfect
1: know. question for you, because R- Morikawa's <laughs> resume is better, and you love resumes, and like more Hovland's strokes gained is decidedly better than Morikawa. Like he's more consistent week to week than Morikawa is yet. You would rather have Morikawa's resume. So 100%. I find that interesting.
0: Well, maybe Morikawa just, you know, finds a way to win a little bit better than young Victor right now. He needs a big win. Some would say that <laughs> he's got a couple wins. Oh, so, statistic, I, uh, yeah, it's an interesting discussion. So, statistically, I don't have all the stroke gain stuff in front of me right now. Is Victor that much better than Morikawa?
1: 2021 data golf strokes gain plus 1.85 for Hovland, which is really, really freaking good. And Morikawa is plus 1.25. A bit of a decline from last year for Morikawa from plus 1.56 to plus 1.25. Imagine if you it's isolated
2: their top three performances, each of them. Morikawa's top end is probably... He's got that extra gear. Yeah. It seems like... I whereas, mean he
1: ran. he went away in hot and hit at concession. I mean, yeah. he's put some really, really, really great weeks together. Whereas but it seems like Hovland's
2: more week-to-week. Week-to-week just, just to... He, well, Hovland's like
1: third or fourth on the money list for this year, which Fred X Cup is kind of a little out of hand. A little out of hand. But, yeah, I'm ready for him to win something, something big time. You know, like on... He's won a couple, you know. He won Puerto Rico Open. He won a Bermuda. Like those, those were not like feature weekend on TV. So people, like I feel like golf fans have not seen him succeed at the very top, and I've, it's it kind of feels like it's about that time.
2: I just stumbled into like the two hundred neighborhood in the FedEx Cup. Two fifteen, David or two sixteen, David Lingmerth. Two seventeen, Martin Trainer. Two eighteen, Tiger Woods. Two nineteen, Mike Weir.
1: That's a hitter's that's a hitter's row right there. Two twenty
2: two hundred Hunter Mayhem.
1: Uh, Mayhem made the cut this week. That was his first made cut in a while. I did. I meant to, yeah, to Get squeeze that in there somewhere. That we're a shout out for him for that. I mean, we had a had a great podcast with him about a couple months ago. Just detailing uh, a lot of stuff from his career and just struggles and all that stuff. It's, it's 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 amazing to me that stuff like that that's happened to Hunter doesn't happen to more people. Yeah. Like how hard it is to maintain year after year after year after year year of success. I mean, he had not made a cut since Mayakoba, uh, which was 20 uh, back in 2020. This was his first made cut of the year. He tied for 54th. So that T-54 took him from 1833 in the world to 1291. Like that's how far he'd fallen. So what else from this past week? Phil, how about your boy, Phil? Shooting Mm. some first round 64. I can't believe that didn't last all the way to the weekend.
0: Oh God. He looks so good too. He looked legitimately. It was like roll the clock back twenty years.
2: It looked like he had that wager going against Damon, and <laughs> Exactly. Then that was that was what kind of kept him in it. And then round two, he looked just rudderless.
0: Uh, yeah, I don't know if he just got bored or you know exposed a little bit. It was it was a tough finish, but yeah, that first round was awesome.
2: Probably just drank too much coffee. before <laughs> Round two. They, is Phil gonna do a
1: four round event? Again, like, is he going to play for four straight rounds?
2: Yeah, Are are they going to be playing for four rounds in Saudi Arabia?
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm saying the Champions Tour events, he seems to have no problem with the little three-round setups, but four rounds on the PGA Tour, he just does not seem to be able to... I mean, I get it. He's in his 50s at this point, but I don't know. I'm waiting for something somewhat competitive out of Phil. It just doesn't seem like he can stay focused for that long anymore.
0: That's what it seems like to me, which is crazy. I, you know, is... Just does he get bored or is it just not that exciting? I mean, it feels really stupid to even say that, but I I see the same thing, Sally, where it's like, God, it just looks like he's just kind of needs to find ways to entertain himself. But I, I don't know if that's actually it or not.
1: How about Bryson? Flies home on Friday afternoon uh, after what he believes, he, you know, he, he, I think he was in the, in the 90s when he finished his round. Then the crazy wind picked up Friday afternoon. By the time he landed, he'd figure out he made the cut. Got a workout in, turns around, comes home and finishes in the top 10.
2: Made his money back. <laughs> and then some, you know.
1: Punky Perkins asks, what's the longest flight you'd make if you were in Bryson's Friday night situation? He says, I think four hours is the cutoff.
2: What is it from Dallas to Charlotte? Probably Two and a half, probably
1: about that. Yeah, um, I think this is all an elaborate scheme by Bryson just to flex that he f- flies private whenever he wants.
2: I don't think it's a great look for like you know like NetJets. You know it's like yeah, it was so expensive. <laughs> you, know, like, you know I don't know if that's a great a great thing for him. Uh, you know I would have I would have my hats off would have been to Bryson for uh, if he would have flown American because <laughs> that's really the only other way to get from DFW to uh, to Charlotte. To Charlotte.
0: Uh, yeah. How, how, how does that happen? I, uh, did they just not anticipate the weather
2: or yeah. just bad? I mean, he was like 90th when he.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it, when he, when he I finished. could see it happening. That, that Honestly, I'm surprised stuff like this doesn't happen more often. Like, I would have, it, it would have been less. It was almost surprising me that he went back. Like, if you make the cut on the number, I I, I would have thought that, you know, I flew home. Like, whatever, I'm going to miss this week. I'm going to rest up instead.
2: My left hamstring was hurting me.
1: Yeah. I'm surprised he jumped the flight at like 245 or whatever it was, came back out, doubled 18 to shoot 68 on Saturday, which is um, pretty – I guess people on Instagram really actually thought he flew home to get a workout in because he posted that on, on Instagram. Come on, people. We're gonna need you to need you to audit this stuff. It was stuff the a little it bit. was
2: one of the more extreme circumstances of you know train wrecks at the end of right. the second round. Yeah, that, to move the cut that left. helped make you know make the cut what it was.
1: McQueen Golfs uh, says, "Will Bryson be carbon neutral by 2040? You worried about his footprint, Randy?
0: Uh, yeah, it you know it's it's horrendous. Reminds me of the scene from uh, Succession when uh, the uncle Uncle Ewan." is saying how roy is you know worse than hitler in large part due to his carbon footprint (laughs) anyway yeah
1: one of the many bryson stories that i'm i'm i figured out i finally figured out a way to shoehorn this in there with the net jets i've heard this one a couple years ago i honestly don't remember who the player was then we've heard like 15 stories that are somewhat similar to this about Bryson, but. Bryson knew there was some golfer that he knew growing up some amateur golfer that he you know either knew in college or knew at an amateur level like somewhat intimately like somewhat decent friends saw each other at a lot of tournaments and, you know would talk to each other blah 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 and then when they got out to tour together like on tour like Bryson just like started not talking to him at all just like awkwardly walking right past him and a mutual friend of theirs was kind of like, "Hey." He's, you know, like, why don't you, like, talk to, say anything to so-and-so anymore? And Bryson just looked, like, astonished, like, oh. I mean, like, yeah, I was, I was friends with him, but, I mean, that was before I had a NetJets account. And that thing, that line has stuck with me forever. Like, Oh, yeah. That was before I had a NetJets account. I honestly don't remember who the player was. I'm sure whoever told me that story said, I, yeah, I shouldn't tell it on the podcast. But uh, since we're not naming the player, I don't think it really matters. It's just straight up. That's Bry- Bryson. Bryson in a nutshell. That's Bryson. Like, Yeah. yeah. I, even if it's not the most audited story, there's like 20 of those where, the, where there's smoke, there's fire.
2: Like pulling up, hey, like look at my bank account. Yes.
1: <laughs> those kind of things. <laughs> there's a lot of those Bryson stories. Uh, is that pretty good on Quail? Anything else you guys want to add uh, from the Wells Fargo?
2: No, I think that's that's it on Quail. Get uh, Dallas this week.
1: We got Dallas this week. We got New some course. content coming out around Dallas. New course. Uh, excited to see that one. Um, it's going
2: to be it should be a pretty low scoring affair, right?
1: I get the sense that if the wind doesn't blow, it's like a twenty six under event. That's from what I've gathered, and it doesn't look like it's going to it look like a little weather early in the week, but it looks like it's going to clear up a little bit.
2: This has been a, uh, I think a. A corn ferry tour event, in the past, or a corn ferry tour venue. In the past, they've had one of the rounds of Q School there. In the past, like I'm sure a lot of guys have played this this course before.
1: I I'm sure the Dallas guys definitely have, but yeah, I'm not familiar with it, but excited to see a, a new course in the PGA Tour. You know, we I, I I'm reflecting a little bit on Trinity Forest that we're not going to see Trinity Forest this year at the AT&T it was kind of like. You know what? That just felt like a marriage that they were staying together for the kids. Like it, totally. it just didn't work. As much as we wanted it to work, there's a lot of reasons why that tournament needed to move. And I've come to terms with it. I think I wanted, I wanted to see a course like that succeed on the PGA Tour and hope that other tournaments took notice. And I just wasn't gonna happen.
2: It was like a, you know, they got they got drunk one night. Yeah. Got pregnant, and then uh,
1: thought they could work it out. There's just too many differences.
2: Yeah, there. You know, dad. Dad's traveling all the time. <laughs> uh, it, it just like the way that the tour set up that course just did not work at yeah. all, and it totally defeated the purpose of going there. Exactly. And then they got screwed on weather. Weather
1: was tough. There's no shade on that course. It was either too hot or you know, just just too many variables. Couldn't raise money for it, so the tournament's back on the north side of town, and I'm excited to see it. I'm I'm excited to see the the new era of AT and T, but. Uh, onto the Walker Cup at Seminole—a literal shit show this week. Gastrointestinal issues ravaged both teams. Little uncomfortable watching a couple guys today that I was just wondering if they were going to shit their pants. You know, it was weird looking at the at the leaderboard and being like, "Oh yeah, it looks like the U.S. is favored here," but like trying to handicap it based on like, "Okay, but that guy's been shitting his brains out for the last couple days." Like,
2: sounded like even like next level to, It wasn't food poisoning or something like that. We're yeah. talking about amoeba level shit here, Randy.
1: Like TC's got his phone out, which I believe is to share some details from from what TC he heard. I know he tweeted so.
2: All over Seminole. Yeah, this was just just uh, you know came into the DMs. Can't reveal my sources, but this stomach bug is bad. A player on the US team shit his bed and his hotel room floor, and a kid on the British team clogged his shower and toilet because it was coming out both sides. <laughs> I'm
1: sorry to laugh, but like that's that's wild. It sucks. Like that has it, like some like tra- Tyler Stefacci stayed amateur to play at this event and like got sick this week.
2: Like that brutal. Really, really sucks. I want to sound
0: uh, like so. So what is this? Like a norovirus situation?
2: Potentially, right? yeah. You know, maybe there's that. Maybe it came in. You know, have maybe, you guys yeah. ever had? Have you
0: guys ever had that? No. Oh my god, I I had it uh, five, six years ago. It, it is the worst. I, it, it is absolutely the worst. I can attest to that. I, I remember, where'd you get it? I don't know. That's the thing. I, I was working that's back when I was in Columbus working at, uh, the school. So I'm sure, you know, through, through the school, I, I picked it up and yeah, for like three days, I, I remember one night where I, I was so, there just wasn't any, like, fluid left that could come out anywhere. And it, it was the closest I've ever felt to, like, do I need to check myself into a hospital? Like, I know I'm, like, crazy dehydrated. But I just, you know, it. thankfully, though, it's that shorter duration. Um, You're the bravest but, man but it, I it, know, Randy. But it is, it is longer than food poisoning you know usually food poisoning once you it's 24 do, hours get yeah. rid of it yeah you're, you're back to normal so i'm i'm saying it was probably a norovirus I, situation I, I guess
2: they had some crazy shit down in southwest or southeast florida the last few years too like there was there, there's been some outbreaks and mm. s-
1: similar stuff so i can't imagine going out and playing in 90 degree heat after that like trying to replace the fluids in your body and 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 competing. Like that had to be miserable.
2: Zinger said, like, yeah, this is this guy's played his backside off this
0: week. It must have been like IV central over there. I think I saw Strafaci had like a band-aid on his arm. I was like, that's gotta be from just pumping him full of IVs.
1: The biggest upset of the week was Zinger just trying to pronounce some of these guys' names and me thinking they were wrong, and they were actually right. He actually got a, a couple of them right this week. The whole Castilio thing. That was shook. mind-blowing. Uh, it, 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 is it Strafacci? I always thought it was Strafacci. Now they're saying Strafacci. I don't Stru, know.
2: Straf- That's how they say it mean, in the old course, <laughs> in, in the old world. You, you got to um,
0: do the hand, you oh, do the yeah, hand yeah. motion if you, if you say it
2: that way.
1: They did manage to work his grandfather into the coverage, which uh, you can cash your... Uh, 1 to 100 tickets on that I, one.
2: I will say, I thought the setup, marvelous job by the USGA. They took it to the limit, took it to the edge. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah baby. It's match play. <laughs> it's true. It's not like, it's that's different deal in stroke play. It's match play. And I was blown away at how many of those guys were, were trying to go down the left on 18.
1: Well, the wind is off the left and they had nowhere else to, uh, like you had to hook it. If you wanted to hold something down the right, I think um, it's just a, it was a a look into all the reasons why Quail Hollow is not that fun to watch. Seminole is that fun to watch. Yeah. Like there's and there's no rough like there's no, almost no rough on that golf course, and there's never like. You, you don't even notice it if you don't, unless you're look unless you go in there thinking like hey where's the rough like you don't even think about it because there's a ton of places you don't want to hit it the place is just defined by the contours and you know the sand and how that all runs into the fairway and how the fairways are sloped and you got to curve the ball certain ways to hold the fairways and I'd, leave in the right spot I'd around. I'd love the greens. somebody to
2: say that angles don't matter at Seminole.
1: Exactly. Yeah, especially with with the wind blowing a little bit and it playing that fast. I mean. It was it was really entertaining to watch. I, I I love watching the the Walker Cup. It's kind of hard to. It's one of those events that I love watching. That I don't actually care about the result that much. Like I just I you know it's cool to see the U.S. win, but I don't you feel passionate. Sure, events. yeah, I just want to see some. It's like watching NCAA golf. It's just like I don't care who wins. I just want to see something something exciting. But uh, Boxel Mark is asking how long has Big Randy been cosplaying as amateur golf legend Stuart Haggestad. <laughs>
0: Let, let me just say there are a few things that, you know, as a fellow, fellow Slender man, I'm going to have to talk to Stuart at our next meeting about. One, I don't like his putting. I'm concerned about some possible anchoring. Uh, I, I want to make sure he's he's playing that
1: fully totally legally. If I may say so, there, I've never seen somebody with that fulcrum style that has that much daylight in there. He is not anchoring it. I, I'm with you. that You not never
2: be too sure, Sully. <laughs> he might be the one guy doing it. Like n- not in a scummy way. Yes,
1: right? yes. I- I'm. I'm okay. It doesn't look right. I still think that s- style of putting should be banned. But he's not anchoring to his chest. But
0: continue. And then second, you know, we the the NBC trying to pump his full time job status at the end was uh, like, come on, we we don't need that. Uh, so Randy,
2: you got your you went full time, got your MBA. That's what he's doing right now. Yeah. And that's. I mean, I would say that all these kids playing college golf have a much more full schedule, right?
0: Yeah, it, it, it depends. It, what I assume he's in his second year of the MBA program. Like the first year is when you're in the classroom in an MBA program. And then they want you to get a good internship. And then the second year, ideally, you get a job offer off your internship. And so, yes, the second year is very light.
1: Yeah, I, I, I would say though the college golf programs are probably like more designed to have all the proper workarounds so that you totally. know take pull you out of class and all that. He just it doesn't sound like he has those conveniences. Like I know during the USAM last year he had like a bunch of you know stuff he couldn't get out of for school and had to like go do that right after rounds of golf and stuff like that. But but he's going but, to
2: get his MBA was sounds like it was a lot tougher than
1: his actual his actual, his actual job. job. <laughs> yeah, I think I think your issue is more of them than playing up like. He's working 60-hour weeks and then hitting range balls at night and putting which I don't think yeah. I, I don't have it on I everyone I've ever talked to seems to suggest that that is not the case although I don't know for sure myself but that seems to very much not be the case.
2: It's, yeah. I mean, you know, nothing against the guy but it it, it doesn't sound like it's it's a it's a hard-knock life right. for Stu Hackett. That is what know, I think the ball on Instagram and it's like, "Hey, I'm at the Madison Club this week, and I'm, you know, I'm at my place in Newport Beach next week, and (laughs) PV the following week, and Seminole, you know, and it's like, all right, like, but let's not, let's call a spade a spade and not, not go overboard with the amateurism and the, you know, he's, he's basically a professional amateur. That seems to definitely be the case. Accomplished.
0: And that's that's cool that he's chosen to remain an amateur. I'm, I'm totally with you on that. That I I don't begrudge him at all. I, I think that's cool if he can do it. I just, don't need Dan Hicks, you know, making it sound like he's taking a break from his sixty-hour work weeks, and you know it's going to get back Monday to a an inbox full of emails or something.
2: <laughs> yeah, like, or or as a what? mid-am like a like having kids, like having two or three kids yeah. and, and all that. I would say yeah. I would say also like Hicks Hicks called him one of the greatest amateurs of all time. That's a stretch, which I thought was a little bit a little bit much, but
0: <laughs> a little
2: bit. <laughs> He want he won, he wanted at USGA he won, event, he won, right? He won a mid am.
1: <laughs> he made the guys the great. best. Yes.
0: Yeah, he's a very good amateur. Yeah, totally accomplished. And hats nowhere off to near him. one of
2: the best ever.
1: But you know, who never won a mid am. Bobby Jones never won a mid am.
2: Uh, you know, you know who never won a mid am?
1: Tiger Woods never won a mid am. Exactly. Hmm. Makes you think. It does make you think. A lot of the biggest teams in <laughs> golf have never won a mid am. Some great future venues for the Walker Cup, Old Course and Cypress Point, are coming up. I um,
2: committed to uh, Panther. Panther Mike's dad, Panther Chris, uh, he said, "Hey, are you coming with me to uh, St. Andrews for uh, 2023?" I said, "I will be there." So I'm, mm. I'm verbally committed to St. Andrews for the Walker Cup in Love 2023.
1: It. Career, career amateur Tron Carter will be yeah. making a trip, making the trip on the boat, well, uh, six week trip on the boat with like Ben Hogan.
0: That did. would be sick. <laughs> Lefty TC might earn a spot on that Walker Cup. <laughs> no, Lefty TC is a
2: tough scene right now. Uh, going back to Hagestad did he, did he kind of? hinted something in the post rounder there
1: he said he's re- based on this past week he's rethinking some of his his future goals I don't know if that meant I went one and two and don't know if I want to do this anymore or I you know I want a match at the Walker Cup I want to be a pro now I really don't know which way he was going with that but I don't know why this week would have been, decided anything for him
2: but. you know what in the in the vein of, of all these you know like the Floyd Mayweather versus Logan Paul uh, you t- you know fight all that I'd like to see John Peterson versus Stuart Hagestad. In a in a oh. in a reinstated am versus versus a professional am battle royale, fight to the death.
0: God, that would made put it in prime time.
1: <laughs> where <laughs> would where would Hagestad fit in the world of professional golf if he turned pro tomorrow? What well, would he would he be a corn fairy player? Would he be? That's a great question. That's what I'm like, trying to wonder like how 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 special of an amateur is he? Right? If is he just somebody that just never turned pro? That is like that kind of. Is he PGA
2: Tour level? I don't know. I I don't. Is he, is he Big Randy?
0: Could he win a tourist offseason? <laughs> not season?
2: I don't know. Uh, no, that's a that's a great question. I mean, he makes a shitload of birdies.
1: Data Golf could, has got him as the number fifth ranked amateur in the world. That's yeah. that's uh, it's of all ages. So I mean, that's extremely good. Obviously, I mean, that's yeah. That's tough. It's tough competing with twenty one year olds that are totally. dedicated. they they're and have like upward trajectory style. Looking at well, uh, PJ Torrance. That's the other
0: stuff. thing I was going to point out is, you know, he's like, what, five, six years older than everybody else. But if he be exact, keeps being he's an eight, amateur, eight, yeah, if he keeps star. doing this, it's going to be dazed and confused. You know, he's going to like a reverse dazed and confused, I guess. He's going to keep getting older and everybody else is going to stay the same age. <laughs> I, he, you know, like who's he? I, I would assume he probably hangs out more with the captains than his fellow teammates, right? Yeah, that's
1: got to be a, a, a weird little dynamic.
2: Who, uh, Talking about everybody else, know. anybody else you were very impressed with?
1: I didn't get to watch a lot of it till today. Honestly, I was traveling some this weekend. Um, Castilio is, by all accounts, you know, from the University of Florida. I Got to see him when he was down here in, in Jacks for a, an amateur tournament earlier this year, and he he fits the bill. But I, I'm not like I'm not I'm not extremely good at, pr- at looking at the college kids and being like, oh, that that's the star right there. That's not my. I'd be out over my skis with that one. You?
2: Uh, long impressed me today i thought he, he showed some moxie barclay brown was delightful oh, I know you Barkley. <laughs> yeah,
0: he, big fan he picked yeah. up a fan today he's just, just got whole...
2: some got some pizzazz and some gumption about him you know
0: yeah he seems to have some like innocence like goofiness yeah. I, I was a big fan uh i
2: like i like that john pock from uh he's from florida state mm-hmm. right um he's got some got some swag to him or as
1: zinger says john pack or pock <laughs> <laughs> he said that at one point he was unsure enough at least he, admitted he, he was unsure say. it's a true he, he it's, like, yeah, it's
2: john pack or pock i do want to you know i thought the i thought the u.s outfits were not good mm. and the shoes especially shoes were a tough scene those those like blue shoes or
0: I, those red pants just didn't do it for me
2: it's a it, it, I think it's a look ahead Nantucket to the Reds? to the Nantucket mid and this year.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: It's out on the island.
1: You guys ready to talk a little uh, Super Golf League or Premier Golf League or whatever the hell it's called now?
2: This is a Bonesaw Golf League. Lot
1: to catch up on on this front uh, yeah, in this past week. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, gosh, where where do we start with this? Apparently there's two different leagues. I, that is news to me as of this week. Yeah, I I did not know there was a Premier Golf League and a Super Golf League.
2: I think we knew that this was all bubbling beneath the surface, but I don't think we ever differentiated that or needed to differentiate that there were multiple. Where I want to be very clear, like I thought the PGL concept with going all over the world and you know forty to fifty players and um, relegation, relegation, fourteen teams, good venues, four-person teams, and all the team stuff sounded delightful like this super golf league sounds like the worst fucking thing i've ever heard take
1: it take it all <laughs> away take it all away
2: hey, can you
0: quickly summarize it for those that so you know, like myself that read the article but may have forgotten
1: this is uh, from alan shipnick at the fire pit collective this summary is one of the best I, I heard but the pgl is still actively trying to create a viable competitor to competitor to the pga tour and european tours but is not staked by saudi money as is widely believed uh, says a PGL investor, they are not our partners; they are now our competitors. After the idea for the PGL was born in 2019, there were advanced discussions with Golf Saudi to underwrite uh, the All Star New Tour. The deal was never consummated, and now Saudi Arabia is making its own play with the Super Golf League. Uh, again, says the PGL investor, they 100% stole our stole our idea,
2: which is totally true. Which is sick. Yeah, like they they 100% stole it and 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 then watered it down. And then like, it sounds like it would be more events in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Shout out to the Kadia. It just sounds like all the worst elements of, yes. of this and the super name, which and, right after all that English premier league uh, and, and, uh,
1: and silly, silly money with this, like more than I had imagined with the premier yeah. golf league, we're talking like 30 to $50 million. Some, I saw a hundred million dollars floated out there for Phil Mickelson of some way. I don't know if that includes the team ownership or whatever it is. And, Uh, Phil has a quote. He says, I'm 50. This isn't really going to affect me. My career is winding down. But if I'm a golf fan, which I am, it would be interesting to see the top players play and compete against each other an additional 15 times a year. Golf is the only major sport where the players have control of their schedule and the sponsors and television are not able to know exactly what it is they're buying. Which I think is what we kind of agreed with what was going to be interesting about the Premier Golf League, right? It's like, we know these 20 weeks it is all the top players getting together for a big tournament, right? That's I remember, what, I remember walking away from the Players' Championship being like, dude, that was sweet because they were all there. Like, yeah. I didn't have to worry about who was there or like, you know, Rory won this week, but yeah, Dustin wasn't really there. So what does that mean? Like, that was going to be a cool thing of like, hey, everyone's going to be there on these days.
2: Eamon Lynch had a column today um, in Golf Week about, you know, it was a little bit, he's taken kind of the kind of pro PGA Tour side of things, but it was, it was very much... Talking about how the how the tour needs to use the WGCs as a counterweight to all these threats, and basically say, hey, here's here's how to take care of the best players in the world, like for the HSBC or uh, the FedEx St. Jude, or basically all of them except for the Dell Match Play, which seems to kind of serve its purpose. They need to make them strictly top 45 or top 50 in the world, increase the hell out of the purses, and just incentivize the hell out of those, and and you know kind of cut off those
1: uh, yeah I still don't think that cuts off like what Saudi can offer which is like hey here's 30 million like 30 million to come play here you know what i mean
2: I think the Saudi thing though is is like all right that's 30 million and how many of those tournaments are in the middle east 12 yeah. time zones away from from where you are and like i feel like there's too many compromises with the Saudi one whereas I still come back to the PGL one, and like I'm curious to know kind of where they're at, and you know how their plans have evolved or stayed the same, because that sounded like a very viable
1: and tempting thing.
2: Yeah, where it was going to be truly a global golf tour, and you know go to certain parts of the year and certain or certain parts of the world and certain parts of the year,
0: and and it fit into the like the existing ecosystem yeah. much than what the proposed Super Golf League would. Uh, which I think is good as a fan, and you know, I, good for most all parties, uh, PGA Tour brass maybe
2: accepting. And then Eamon's column too, saying like there's there's you know it was this talking on background to, to a different people that know Jay Monahan personally, and they were saying there's there's golf Jay and there's hockey Jay, and you don't want hockey Jay. To, to come out, which, you know, I guess it's like you checking know. people up against the boards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Being, being like a, a, uh, you know, an enforcer or something, but you know, going with this company line of, Hey, you're not going to be able to ever play the PGA tour again. We're going to remove you, you know, ASAP and all that. And like, that's where you get into the antitrust and anti-competitive practices stuff,
1: which I, I wonder like how real that, is. like, I don't know, like the tour must be extremely confident that that will hold up in court. Right. And I don't know the law well enough to be like, you know, you can or can't do that as a as a sports league or whatnot. I've heard you know some people that say that yeah, you can't do that, but also like if I, if I, if you can't do that, I wouldn't if I'm Jay Monahan, I certainly wouldn't be going around saying the things I'm saying. So they must know something in that regard,
2: or or it's just a you know a it's just a brave front. And then you know I would I would think that the PGL and the super golf league would have kind of withered away if that was the case. Yeah. That, you know that all right. You know what this is going to hold up in court, and we're kind of sol here. Hmm. Um. Yeah, and I, you know, and, and then you get the world, the uh, world rankings and all that. I don't know. It's going to be an interesting time frame. But
1: USGA, RNA, and PGA America all spoke out in support of the tour, but they did not make they the, the tepid They support. didn't make the statements that yeah. the tour made. Like they did not say, "Hey, you can't come play our events if you join one of these leagues." Yeah. Which PGA
2: I, of America had a stronger, yeah, statement. Then, but and then also, like, it was a big takeaway. Going back to your point, was like it it did make the forty million dollar pip thing seemed paltry. Right. That's what, I'm, like, you know? yeah,
1: it, it when I read the $40 million, million dollar pip thing, I remember kind of thinking, like, yeah, this could be, you know, the, the tour obviously has their shit together, and, like, this could be the end of PGO or whatever, and then it's like, oh, no, no, like, we're giving maybe these players more than that individually to come do, like, as a whole, you know, that's 40 for, divided by 10 guys, and this could be, like, more than that per person. It's kind of like, oh, yeah, that is kind of seem kind of minuscule.
2: Yeah, so I think, you know, let's see where the other shoe drops but I think at some point like I'm keen to see if the PGL is totally Saudi free and you know
1: and fun like we thought it might be yeah and it sounds like does not sound fun they
2: bought the Saudi you know they they kind of kind of took the Saudis out of it pretty early on like after that initial backlash and you know some I'm really keen to see how that's evolved as this next shoe drops
1: I'm going to steal some of DJ's take who's not here. We were talking about it some this week. And, you know, we've been, as hardcore golf fans, we've kind of, you know, internally been like said things along the lines of, hey, you got to get everyone. Like they need everyone if they're going to do it. It wouldn't make sense if it's just a mix of so-and-so and Justin Rose and Henrik Stenson, blah, blah, blah. He made a really great point of like, hey, like we've slowly gotten into Formula One, right? Like what if there was 10 better drivers than Daniel Ricciardo out there and we just didn't know it? Like, Like, would we care? I'd be like, no. I'm actually kind of invested in this guy. Like, I don't really care if somebody's actually a better driver than him. Like, I'm, I'm watching this guy every week. So his point was like, what if like Harry Higgs is 0.8 shots worse than Patrick Cantlay is per round? Like, and what if they got somebody like Harry Higgs and not made a league around Harry Higgs, but like. He competed
2: 20 other Harry in something too, yeah. that's
1: fun, right? Yeah. And was a part of these teams and these things happen. Like you wouldn't like you watch the Walker Cup, you're not like, Oh, these guys this guy couldn't hang with Victor Hovland. uh, you know. You don't think that, right? You're watching them compete against each other. Let's go
2: back to the team stuff too. The team stuff sounds so cool and like yeah it sounds like a real sport kind of thing
1: right i mean there's 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 a reason why like every other sport except for almost tennis has like a team element
2: and going back like it's not like these guys are playing in a ton of events together on the pga tour like if they're still playing in the majors together um it's not like we're we're getting week in week out rory versus dj or you know bryson versus rom like that's, Mm -hmm. that's just not happening week in week out we're getting it eight, ten times a year, which we'd get it then with that, we'd get it with the guys that are on the tour and then we'd get it like even supercharged at the majors. So
0: the only thing that like to your point about F one, and I think one of the things that excited me about the PGL most in, in some of the proposals we had read, at least if there is a mechanism to where new talent yep. has a way into the league. Um and, you know, folks that maybe aren't playing well, uh, as long as you can cycle in some new talent, I think that's what's important. Um, and, yeah, I, you know, it's just really interesting where professional golf goes, because, you know, the more you think about it, the vast majority of people, all they really care about are the majors, right? Like, it's just such a interesting time uh, to, to see where this all heads. So, we,
2: so you might as well have some professional wrestling to it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's why
0: the the more I heard about the PGL, the more it it piqued my interest was for that team component. And, you know, give me something to care about that's not just like, hey, we're in, you know, Quail Hollow this week. Who's going to win the stroke play event? (laughs) Or like
2: Ricky's getting relegated in three
0: weeks. (laughs) Right. Like there would be so many more storylines popping up. Uh,
1: But where I'm worried is now – it was it was far fetched to get everyone to jump or whatever you needed critical mass to jump now to PGL. Now that there's a third element to this with SGL and PGL, like just the general vibe around, it's going to get even stinkier and it's going to be even harder for this thing to get momentum. Now that there's two competing leagues, it's not even one really tempting offer. It's like we got two competing leagues. People aren't probably going to do their homework on what you know what either one of them really is, and they just get lumped into the same yeah. Thing, it's it. going to be it's.
2: I, I find it's it hard to get amped for I it. I find it funny that like we're talking about like the Aramco Spanish Grand Prix <laughs> or whatever, like, you know like all sorts of oh F one's awash in Saudi very money, very yeah. Saudi. yeah. <laughs> Before we roll into
1: the next topic, reminder: our friends at Rapsodo, the 2020 Best Golf Launch Monitor of the Year, Rapsodo.com/nlu, and you can get a free premium subscription to your very own mobile launch monitor when you use code NLU at checkout. It's about a hundred dollar value. These things are they retail for five hundred dollars. Compare that to like some of the really super high-end units that cost twenty thousand dollars. This is a total no-brainer for amateur golfers in terms of, you know, what you should be investing in to help you practice, figuring out your gaps to your clubs, your you can establish a shot dispersion. That's something we haven't really talked about. With what this thing does is with a practice session, not only are you getting your distances you're dialing in, but you can also see an overhead look at where you just hit all your balls on the range.
2: Scatter plot. It's
1: helpful to yeah. so like look up and be like, Hey, I'm, I've totally eliminated the left miss, and you pull it up and be like, "Actually, you know what? I hit six balls left of my target there, and that's that's not as eliminating the left miss as I would have thought. Uh, it's about the size of a rangefinder, fits right on the outside of your bag. It's stat, it, it automatically tracks stats and stores video with shot tracer." Uh, again, it gives you immediate feedback. So when you're right there using it on your practice session, you can see your swing and see your ball data right there as you're practicing. It's awesome. You can use it indoor and outdoor on a net on a range on the golf course. If you want to, I kind of like using it from, you know, from on a couple shots in practice rounds and stuff, just to see if my ball speed jumps when I'm actually playing. So rapsodo.com R-A-P-S-O-D-O slash N-L-U code N-L-U for a free premium subscription. Uh, again, these things are very accurate. They get within two percent of those units that cost like twenty thousand dollars. So
2: that left miss a little bit sounded very, very personal and very recent.
1: Yeah, I had a couple, <laughs> couple of things go left lately, which causes some balls to go further right. It's tough. We're working on it. We're working on it. It's fun to fade it though. What else we got for this past week? P. 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 Did an interview with uh, a tell-all interview with Golf Digest. Um, which I, I found it interesting. I, I It's from Max Adler, at Golf Digest. I did not find the headline on the tweet very interesting. It was very much...
2: I think, and that's something, props <laughs> to Golf Digest. I think over the last year or two, they've really stepped up their game, and they're doing some, some substantive stuff. But, yeah, they need to clean it up a little bit on the headlines, on the clickbait. Well, it's like the the, the stuff there. is there, right? It's a like, good article. You, you like, don't, don't oversell it or don't, yeah.
1: Don't tease me with Patrick Reed's not who you thought he was. Somebody had a great reply to it. It was like... When somebody says Patrick Reed's not who you think who you think he is, I'm like, oh, is he worse
2: than I think <laughs> <Yeah>. he is? Go <laughs> check it out; he's ten times worse. Yeah,
1: it was hard to like give. I, I gave the you know a shout out on Twitter. I was like, I think you should read it. People should read it. But at the same time, like, hey, it's caked in bullshit. Like, don't don't go in like thinking like this is going to totally change your opinion on Reed. However, it's interesting.
2: It's interesting to see how he answers the question. Yes, his bullshit.
1: <laughs> yes, that's kind of what I was meaning to say with it. it was just like, you know very much like you can smell it from a mile away. Some of the people he shouts out as being friends or like what he said, Henrik Stenson or something was his friend in the past. And and he said Bubba's one of his friends and Bubba had just said at the match play, like, wait, are we friends? Like I didn't know we were friends. Like, so that that's how you know he's just spewing shit because he says things you just know, you know, know are not true. But
0: Webb, I, I mean, I got the distinct impression like – it might be friend to you, but like I, I feel like Webb might be doing mission work. On, what? Uh, Webb's the babysitter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that 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 was uh, an interesting
1: little wrinkle earlier on in the week of of reading that. It's also I don't know, it's a cover story. Like it's not going to be. Yeah, it's not the hardest hitting interview ever, and it's not a tell all because it's it's somewhat of a fluff piece. Yet you know, it's not like Golf Digest fell all over themselves and and totally sold out to them. So I appreciate, I at least appreciated that. You know, there's some awkward questions that I'd like to ask him and, and pin him down on answers. That you know, he kind of weaseled his way out of. But it's an interesting read. What else? Corn ferry some Corn Fairy
2: tour news as first broken by our very own TC. First, truly, just out here pounding the pavement. Uh, no, great news. I think this is a long time coming. It was supposed to be uh, supposed to be last year, and then obviously COVID had other plans. But minimum purse on the uh, Corn Ferry tour will increase by hundred fifty thousand dollars from six hundred k to seven hundred and fifty k. Then another 250k uh, in 2023 to a million dollars. So that'll be the lowest purse on the Corn Ferry Tour for the season. Uh, the regular season finale purse will increase um, 100k in 2022, and then another 400k in 23. And then in 23, purses for all three finals events will increase by 500k, up to 1.5 million. So I think you know it's one of those things where the 25 guys that get their cards through. Uh, through the regular season, like they're they're doing fine financially, but it's the guys that if you had a relatively successful season, you didn't get your tour card, but you're 50th on the money list. Like I think it it's it it makes be, a difference. It behooves the Corn Fairy Tour and the PGA Tour to invest in this to make that like a living wage right? or yeah. like a live you know make, make it so these guys aren't scraping nickels together because because it's like you're you're playing on arguably like the second or third best tour in the world. Right. You know.
1: And it's not just for the players either. It's like for caddies. Totally. Like that, that trickles down to caddies. It trickles down to coaches. It trickles down to trainers. It's 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 just funding the world of golf. Well, and, and, I, and
2: it trickles down to like these guys, when they get to the tour, they're better prepared because they're they've you know, like they didn't have to drive sixteen hours from one yes. event to another event. Like they truly were able to prepare for the PGA tour versus completely grinding. And and you know, people can say, well, that's what you know, that's what the Corn Ferry Tour. Or mini tour golf is all about and at some point it's like yeah that's what mini tour golf is all about but this is this is one of the best tours in the world right and, and you know it's it's a you know it, and it's it's not like i know the the big complaint from from a lot of the older guys has always been well we don't want that to be a destination tour we don't want guys to get too comfortable there and you know what i don't think anybody's getting too comfortable in the corn Ferry tour no like going to you know wichita and springfield illinois and and Kansas City in the middle of the summer like that's you know it's still a it's still a grind and and it's crazy too this year like with you got you got guys that you know that won in 2020 that are outside the top 25 right now that yeah. are, are looking on on the outside looking in as far as getting their PGA tour card next year so um you know I wish they were giving out more like more spots for for tour cards this year cuz it seems oh. like you know 25 guys from what you know, 50 events. It's just... It's a lot. Yeah.
0: So I got to take, TC. oh Oh, hit me, baby. Oh, no. Goes hand-in-hand in hand with increased purses on the Corn Fairy Tour. <laughs> they, they should go the exact opposite way, in my opinion, and <laughs> hand out, like, five cards a year. Make, make the Corn Fairy Tour the PGA Tour and have, like, 75 cards, 75 PGA Tour members. Essentially make every PGA event elevated status, big purses... I feel like that's well, that's th- the answer for the PGA Tour. That I don't think that they're going to be able to ever do that. But I, if if I could come in and wave a magic wand, that's what I'd do.
2: Well, I think that's the elephant in the room is like a John Deere Classic or a Sanderson Farms or a or a 3M feels a hell of a lot closer to a top end corn fairy tour event than it does to the players or Memorial or like it's, you know, if I feel like those events, like in, at least in stature and people who are watching, like there's a wide dispersion between events on the PGA tour, just as there are with events on the corn fairy tour. And I think they're the gap between the top corn fairy tour events and the bottom PGA tour events is not as wide as they would want you to believe.
1: Mm -hmm. More, more money on your tour is going to make it more competitive. It's going to help it compete with the European tour and the path to the, it's going to make it a better path to the PGA tour and, Les Peter Ulines and Brooks Koepka is going over to Europe and and uh, manipulating the official world golf Thank ranking you, system. I called that out when it happened, by the way, which we can talk about that next if you want to. Garrick Higo uh, has won for the second time. The King of Spain. King of Canary Islands has won. 21-year-old South African uh, wins the Canary Islands championship uh, on he, he, finished, he shot 66, 63, 64, 64 to win by like six or seven, maybe even eight. He won by a lot. Um, Impressive, impressive young player from South Africa just racking up the points overseas, if you will.
2: You had, you, defense, had a, so. you had a pretty damning stat. Who, who do you think got more
1: world-ranking points this week? Gary Woodland for his fifth-place finish at the Wells Fargo or Maverick Antcliffe? Because they got the same amount. Maverick finished second at the Canary Islands Championship. Uh, I might have this wrong, but it, it's something along the lines of there were 45 top 100 players at Wells Fargo um, this past week. And there were two top 100 players in the Canary Islands, yet uh, you have to beat, um, basically you can beat one top 100 player and get as many points as you would get on the PGA Tour if you, be- if you beat like 43 out of 45 top 100 players. Like there is a supreme injustice with world ranking points happening and no one seems to care about it. And I don't know how like you- American players ranked between like 50th and 150th haven't like filed a lawsuit because like it is a heist right now. Like, is this not alarming? Why don't more
0: guys go over there and, and collect world
1: ranking points? Then I, I I don't know if that's like the bet the most economical decision for them. I I really I don't think you want to leave your you don't want to give up Fe, honestly you don't want to give up FedEx Cup points because that's how they maintain you know their status on the PGA tour. Um, I mean you still got to work your ass off on the European tour to get in, like in the top fifty. But basically, kind of how the world rankings are going to get filled. I think they give away major championship spots based on these points. And that's the thing is like, holy shit, a lot of them are going to become like the European tour has been hit very hard from this pandemic and their, their strength of field has, it, it's jarring. I think they have seven straight events or basically since they've left the Emirates or le- since they left Saudi, they haven't had any event reach like a strength of field number that would get them out of the, so how it works is like you default to 24 points to the first place finisher, no matter what your strength of field is, if you're a European tour event. You know, but if you get to a certain strength of field number, that would go up to 26 or whatever. But the minimum you can get is 24, even if you get like no one playing in it, and they have like no one playing in like eight straight events that all default to
2: 24. I will say, all right, so it's kind of a perfect storm because after the bone saw, it's typically they come over for the WGC, and they've got like you know, Cotter's kind of fallen on hard times the last few years. They had the Kenya double, Randy. They uh, they had um, Austrian Open. They had. Uh, the Grand Canaria, they have Tenerife. Oh, they they went three weeks in a row. Yeah. Oh my gosh. They had they had the Austrian Open. Like it's typically a this the weakest part of their schedule in normal years too. So it's not like we're talking about the meat of their schedule here. Um, you know, and then they've got the 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 uh, British Masters at the Belfry next week, which probably be a little bit better. I would I'm assume. hoping
1: so. I mean, that 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 event is probably going to be properly allocated like one of the first ones
2: yeah and then they've got you know they've got some fun stuff like they've got the scandinavian mixed the week before the u.s open um and then july is really when it kicks into gear they've got the not till july my friend (laughs) they got the irish open scottish open uh they've got the Wales open this year they've got
1: uh and that's all fine but my point being we're all building up towards like the pga championship coming up and like major championship spots are going to be given out because of points earned in this 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 little stretch here, and that's I don't know I, th- that's my point. I can't believe there's not more players that like have taken notice of any of this or you know have any issue with it. But it just it just seems like this system is not is not set up great uh, for you know identifying the guys that are constantly beating top one hundred players. But
2: it sounds like the alliance needs to get more strategic.
1: I, that, I'm surprised the tour is not flexing more muscle in regards to that now that they have this alliance. So, anyways, LPGA, Aria Jutanagarn, uh, back in the winner's circle. She shot a final round 63 to win by one over Atia Titkul. Do I have that right, Randy?
0: That was really good. Yeah, I'm Thank impressed.
1: You. And two over Patty uh, among I Among others. Among many others. Soyeon Yu was up there, of course. Uh, she's the greatest. I didn't get to watch a lot. Did you get to watch much this weekend, Big Randy?
0: I did, but I could never make it through the full round because it would just get too late and I'd fall asleep. But That's I why watched. we
1: sent you out west. You're supposed know, to be able to I stay know. up later than we can.
0: I was still just on, it was just a little too late. I saw a ton of like holes one through 11 though. I was bummed.
2: I, I, I was crushed to wake up to the news of, of Patty T not getting it done. Although I love, I love Aria. She's one of my favorite, you know, top three or four favorite players though. I know
0: it looked like a Patty T runaway again. Uh, she was like she, she was what out.
2: eighteen thirty six and fifty four hole liter.
0: Yeah, I believe she had a share at least after each day. But shot seventy a pair of seventies on the weekend. Of Course was playing pretty easy. It was very wet. they had gotten a lot of rain over there. I was super impressed with Titacool though. She she was um, very impressive on on her home soil. Yeah, Patty T. I don't know. It just you know. For whatever reason, kind of stalled out. Uh, I think it's a good sign though that we're all very disappointed, and you know, like, oh my gosh, how could she not have won? Uh, that seems like a good sign for her going forward.
1: I need and to share then, this on Twitter, but they, they had a great that the their tournament social was awesome in this event. They had an awesome warm a video of her warming up, and it was basically every swing she took and these like drills she's doing where she's balancing on her left foot, and then balancing on her right foot, taking these full swings, and they they edited out. There's no waggles at all. It's like all swing, 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 swing. And you can just slowly see her ramp up her speed in her practice session. It was just very much a kind of jarring thing to to watch in a very condensed cycle of like what an actual, the words warm up never made more sense to me than watching somebody go through that. I need to share oh. that. But,
2: uh, yeah, Angel, you're 65, 65, 66 to close it out after, after an even par first round T3. That's good to yep. see.
0: Yeah. Uh, the other Hannah Green um, has been playing really good golf the last uh, several weeks. She's right in it again, tied for seventh. Um, so the women, they the next week's event was supposed to be in China, which got canceled. So they'll take, I think, at least one week off and are coming back to the United States. Their next event will be in Williamsburg in a couple weeks. And then after that, I'm really looking forward to the last weekend of May, is their new match play event at yeah. Shadow Creek, which is going to be a ton of fun, and then it rolls right into the U.S. Open at Olympic. So, um, pretty good stretch here on the LPGA.
1: TC, you did some scouting this week for a future venue on the LPGA tour this year.
2: I did. Well, yeah, yeah. First, of, oh, sorry, I'm, I'm super, super excited for the reshuffle at, at Williamsburg too. Get uh, our friend and and uh, young young hitter Lauren Coughlin in the mix. She'll, I think she'll reshuffle. Is it before or after that event?
0: Randy, the reshuffle. Yeah. I, I I'm not, I'm not deep enough to know when the reshuffles are. I, I don't know.
2: Uh, and then, yeah, went to, went to in, uh, Inverness this week and it was fantastic. <laughs> it
1: looked pretty amazing. At the Knocked my
2: socks off. <laughs> Such a cool course. Um, there's, you know, there's like one of the coolest first 10 T kind of combos there with that, you know, kind of, ravine and then just going over the, the same creek uh the same two creeks kind of over and over and over again but in different ways and um i think they'll 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 mess with the uh they'll mess with the routing a little bit for the solheim cup but it's it's a great course even better club like everybody i met out there it was just a just a you know
1: total members club
2: total total members <laughs> club big national membership okay um don't take themselves too seriously yeah yeah always find a game so, can you
1: get a get can you show up and get a game
2: uh, evidently we showed up and got a game
1: what was the water pressure like
2: uh i didn't i didn't oh. didn't see the water no, you pressure. haven't then you haven't been to
1: everness yet
2: that's true that's true <laughs> um no it was it was fantastic so um i think i think toledo will will turn up for that
1: i'm excited for that uh randy you got in the you got in the tours ass a little bit as it as it uh came to some lpga stuff this past weekend
0: well, you're referring to the piece on in uh, published in the Athletic earlier this week that had a few tidbits there about um, a deposition of PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan, uh, another senior executive, Laura Neal, I believe is the senior vice president of communications. Um, and I think the headline was, you know, talking about the, the TV deal that the PGA Tour negotiated on behalf of the LPGA tour and you know kind of bundling the LPGA with with the PJ tour uh the new media deal and how like you know at least 95% of the the revenue goes to the PJ tour I, I you know, I, I don't know if we have to like like that. I wish that was different, right? But I, I get that. That that didn't surprise me at all. Yeah, I, th- I thought some um, of the
2: outrage on that was like...
1: I didn't like the headline. The, the headline is PGA Tour acknowledges that it keeps more than 90% of revenue in joint TV deals with LPGA, which makes it sound like, all right, they get this money and then they're supposed to divvy it up and they keep 90% of it and only give 10% to the LPGA. That's not...
2: Yeah, and, and I think, you know, like I, I, I would say objectively, the, the LPGA is probably... Getting more money from the deal because they're because they're lumped in. Like if, if they were negotiating it on, own, on their own, they yeah. probably wouldn't wouldn't have you know as much sway uh, with with the networks and everything. So uh, do I think that the PGA Tour could do a, hel- a whole hell of a lot more to encourage like you know more collaboration between the two tours or do you know like support the LPGA Tour more? Absolutely, but I don't think this is one of those instances that was like this smoking gun that right. they kind of made it out to be in the headline.
0: No. Uh Included in that story, though, there were um, a couple anecdotes where uh, Commissioner Monaghan was asked, this was last December, uh, right around the U.S. Women's Open uh, in Houston last year. He was asked to name, you know, like the, the best LPGA players competing at the U.S. Women's Open. He declined, I guess, which, you know, I, I honestly, I have a hard time believing Jay Monahan doesn't know like who most of the top LPGA players are like to, to think he would not is just so ludicrous. Maybe I don't understand though, why he didn't answer the question. And I think my bigger concern is just how, you know, I, I think of other leagues, um, you know, I always turn to like Adam silver. I think he, for the most part does, does a pretty good job with, with the NBA like like, how do you get in a position as the PGA Tour commissioner where you're you're even in a spot to be deposed like that and to have it leak in the media, like him him refusing or not being able to to name any LPGA players was just so seemed like just such a bad look. Where I'm like, how 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 does it get to that? Um, and I guess my my thing is too having signed a strategic alliance. Uh, you know, the, the tour loves to do that. Having signed a strategic alliance with the LPGA back in 2016 I believe it just came across very disrespectful um and I know maybe that's the way the article was written and it certainly generated some clicks but I, I don't know how else you're supposed to read it right um I, I don't know I don't know if you guys had differing opinions or, or what you thought about it
1: I think it's important to view it the whole thing in in, in if this was a LPGA lawsuit against the PGA Tour like hey something's wrong here i think every all of this would be very fair game i think this is a Hank Haney like weird kind of tie loose tie back to the LPGA where Hank Haney got fired because of disparaging comments he made. And basically he's trying to make the case that the tour doesn't care at all about LPGA golf. And that is why his lawyer is asking Laura Neal and Jay Monahan to name these top five players to, you know, find a way to make a case against them. Whereas if Jay goes and doesn't name them in order and get all the top five, who knows his lawyer might be telling him a tour lawyer might be saying, don't don't answer that because like, they might use that against you in this, this way, blah, blah, blah. So I think the context of how it's kind of happening is important. I, But like, honestly, as much as like, I would love to consider myself a champion for the LPGA tour. If you ask me to name the top five, both in the men's and women's ranking, I probably wouldn't get five, all five, right? Like I, that's no, a little yeah. harder to,
2: well, and I think it's, it's, yeah. Like, are you taking it literally? Or are you taking right. it? And, and I think that's where, that's where I come back to. It's a deposition. They're, they're like, they're supposed to be uncomfortable and, yeah kind of miserable and like, you know, you just feel like, just kind of slimy. Right. And so, you know, it's very well, like I'm, I don't, you know, I'm, I love, I love throwing stones at the tour and and taking a dump in the, in in the data moat and all that. But it, (laughs) but it's like, you know, at some point, like maybe, maybe he was under very specific orders to not, you know, not say anything. I actually read through the whole deposition. Uh, Somebody shared it with me and yeah, I mean, it's not like they're, it it's very in line with like the tours the tours attitude and approach to a lot of things like it's if it was if it was very different from that i would say you know all right like this is this is this is i'm throwing this out with the bathwater but like it it is in line with kind of how they treat other stuff as well like they're just they're just fucking arrogant you know yeah it, and it, i think
0: that yeah sorry go ahead go no no go ahead no, I think that's maybe my bigger frustration is it's just indicative of, I, I don't know, I guess it just gave me ammunition or some affirmation of just what I felt is like, you just don't get the sense that the PGA tour does much to support the LPGA tour in any way um, in their marketing, in their, in, in their schedule, in their, you know, what whatever. And you know, having signed a strategic alliance with them, whatever that means, like, I, I know very tangibly, I guess, you know, they, they can help them get a few more uh, TV dollars, but it it just, I don't know. I To me, it's like, I'm trying to imagine Adam Silver, right, to bring it back to the NBA and, and the WNBA relationship. Like, that's where I give him and, and the NBA so much credit is what they do to support and really build up the WNBA. Um, and, and I know it's a little bit different because the, the NBA actually like fully owns the WNBA where the LPGA and PGA are, are separate entities. But I, it just, I don't know. It just leaves me disappointed. I feel like the PGA Tour could do, uh, they could do a lot more. And I'd love it if they just did a little bit more.
2: Yeah. I feel like it's a, instead of looking at it as a root, it's, it's a symptom. Right. It's, it's, it's seeing a, yeah. it's seeing a sign of all this other shit that you're seeing, like below the surface as far it's, it's like the iceberg, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I just, the only challenge I have, like Randy, do I agree? Do I wish that was the case? Of course I do. I guess if I'm viewing it from their perspective, like if I'm Jay Monahan, like that is not in my job description. Like, it's just not like my job is to create money from these sponsors and get it circulated to our, to our players that are members of our tour. Right. So do they run into issues if you know their priorities somehow lose focus on that. Like, do I think they're serving those players quite well? Yes. Tom Hoagie makes a fantastic living and he's unfortunately the go-to in all the in, in whenever that joke gets cracked. But like, is that his job to support women's golf? Sadly, I don't think it is. And maybe they do if they do more than we know of, I'd love to know what that is, but you know, it just doesn't seem like That just seems like as a golf fan, it's it's like it would be a nice to have. That's just very much like, unfortunately, probably not part of his job description. Does that make sense? Okay,
0: It it totally makes sense. Um, I think that's the very narrow focus view. Just talked to Golf Week's Beth Ann Nichols, uh, recorded a trap draw, which will come out early uh, this week. And she made the point, we, we were chatting, you know, what started the Korean golf craze? which the PGA Tour is reaping, right? Not only through talent, but opening advertising and and revenue and fan interest. That was Say Pak that has created, uh, essentially is what's become a, a male and female Korean golf craze. And so I, I just feel like it's a little bit short-sighted for the PGA Tour not to recognize the impact that building up the women's game uh, can do. It, let alone for the fact like, you know, I, I'm somebody who got involved in golf through my grandmother my dad's mom like you you bring all these different golf fans and and you create golf fans they're going to pass that down to their kids like it it just seems like if you took a little bit broader more holistic view um, they could do a bit more but I certainly understand your your sentiment that day-to-day I'm sure he's got a lot of other stuff to worry about but I, I think the tour could do a bit more?
2: It's just, it's, it's just little stuff. Like you yeah. could do a you could do a joint event. Oh, uh, I That's, mean that that one's a no brainer. Where it's like actually, like I think you'd be you'd be serving your constituency. Yeah. Better doing that than 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 throwing you know than like all right get creative with the president's cup or something. Mm. Um,
1: but no, you know we're going to Quail Hollow next year. But they're okay, and it's going to be amazing. It's yeah. going to be incredible. The, they're taking on the world. The international team. They're from everywhere but Europe. I think that's, the other thing
2: is just like that's that's more broadly emblematic of like that's the way that the tour everything's in the two to two to, like two to three year yeah time frame. They're they're so disincentivized, even from an executive level of of looking beyond that, just because, you know, there's it's they're bonused on playing opportunities and you know right. like yeah. the, the the guys that are on the PGA tour right now kind of thing.
0: Yeah, which is you know tying it back to what we said earlier i think is part of what has exposed them to the pgl and the the sgl right like they're just not that strategic or forward thinking maybe
2: that's where it kills me when 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 rory's like yeah you know like it just it would just be so different if we went and played in this pgl thing and and we you know and like we're playing for such prestige and such history on the pga tour like fuck off (laughs) Playing for like, you know, the Comcast Business Top Ten and the FedEx Cup, which was, which was made up in the mid two thousands. You know, <laughs> like it's absurd.
1: And it's yeah, I mean, it's eighteen minutes of commercials jammed down your throat every. It's not. It does not treat like a prestigious sporting event. It's yeah. treated like a big commercial vehicle. Like so, don't. I mean, don't try to sell us on that. The reason why the majors are interesting is because those are like the prestige we're talking about. It's not. There's a couple PJ Tour events that have it, but not a lot of them. Cleaning out some other notes, I saw Ian Poulter got a notice about his slow play. His average shot time went up a second to barely being over 45 seconds, which he put up on Instagram, which but Hey,
2: the fact that that's a thing all for it.
1: Which I just don't know how that's being measured. I mean, is it ShotLink, shot-link. volunteers that yeah. like our 65-year-old pay paying ShotLink volunteers? Randy, let me beat you to that. Uh, that, you know, are they accurately charting their time? I I just don't know how 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 real that
0: is. I, I wish they would publish everybody's average shot time, right? Like, make that – put that on the tour website under uh, stats or whatever. I would love that.
1: And that's all I've got on the golf front. Anything else before we switch over to Formula One?
2: It sounded like a really good Corn Ferry Tour event up in Nashville. Austin Smother yeah, one? Grove. Yeah, college been. teammate of, of Bryson DeChambeau.
1: That was the guy that Harry Higgs last year. I asked him, you know, any guys in particular yeah. that are coming up that stuck out to you, and he he mentioned him, so –
2: and uh, Steven Yeager was going for his—he's his, his, he's number one on the on the list right now. He's going for his third win, which would be a Battlefield promotion, which in my mind is the most impressive thing in all of golf. And he would
1: have—he would have better status than Will Zalatoris exactly. if he did.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Peter Uline finished T seven. He started the week twenty fifth in the standings. Guess what he got up to? Twenty fourth.
1: Twenty fourth. Yeah. It's, t- it's it's golly, tough. and he won an event this year. And he's twenty yeah. fifth. All right, so that's the end of Golf Talk. If you do not want to listen to Formula One talk, as some of you have made clear you do not, then please just exit this out of the, out of your podcast feed. But uh, I missed the race today, but let me let me report that for Formula One on SiriusXM is just like watching on TV. It's incredible. I felt like I didn't even miss out on the race today just by listening to it. Who are the yet.
2: guys? Who are the... the- the I don't
1: know what their names were. I don't think it was Crofty and the boys. <laughs> I couldn't quite tell uh, exactly who it was, but it sounded exactly like it, but they just, you know, they can pound on the strategy even more. And like, they were all over it when Hamilton pitted again, they were shocked. And then, you know, they were saying exactly what was going to happen. Like I, it was, it was awesome on radio. I was very impressed how, how good it was.
0: I but I
2: mean, Toto, Toto dragged his nuts all over everybody today. It, it was, was
0: true. Alpha. It was true. Alpha shit. Toto, Toto just absolutely pantsed Christian Horner. <laughs> why did
1: uh, that? One thing they didn't explain is why didn't Matt when when uh, Hamilton went to go pit and it was evident that he was going to get passed. Why didn't he pit right away? Like why wouldn't Ham, uh, Verstappen pit right away? Maybe it's because he was going to come out in traffic for whatever reason. But like his only chance was to get on slightly better soft yeah. tires at the end and and run Hamilton down. Right? I mean, there was no defending against that.
2: Uh, yeah, that's a great question. I have no idea, and, and maybe they just weren't
0: prepped key, for it. Or you know. yeah, I, I don't know his tire situation was. <laughs> is where we probably should know more. But uh, yeah, I was kind of have in and out. To, it was
2: Mother's. It was Mother's Day morning, so you would have
0: had out. to have pitted that like very next lap after Hamilton went in. I think, or else he would have he would have been undercut. I, I, I think you know by the time he went around once, it was like okay, if you are not coming in now, you just have to try to stay out there and somehow hold him off. Hmm. How about
1: Bottas not getting out of Hamilton's yeah, way? Those
2: are, so I had two big takeaways, uh, really three big takeaways this week. The one was Bottas knocking out of his way, and like Hamilton having to do an actual like racing maneuver to pass him. Like what a bitch!
0: <laughs> no, I like that. I, I'm going to stand up for for Botas here. I,
2: he had no chance. Like he had zero chance of holding off Hamilton for more than a lap him, or two. Uh,
0: make him earn it. Make him earn it. I, it, Botas has too much pride. I, 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 do not fault him for that.
2: He's just a weed man. I can't pin the fins down. Can't pin the fins down. <laughs> I was devastated. About I, don't know, I felt like four or five laps to go. Our, our man, Georgie was oh was in, was P 10.
0: He was, he was sniffing a point.
2: And, uh, and then, you know, in like the blink of an eye, he was 15th.
0: He was in, there was this like huge, what were they calling it all day? Like the DRS train. There were like these five <laughs> cars that were just bunched. And all of them had DRS so none of them could pass each other. <laughs> and uh, yeah, poor Georgie, I think, ended up at the back of the DRS train.
1: Hated that. Do we have standings for our Formula One Fantasy League yet? I mean, TC is going to run away with it this year, I have a feeling.
0: Uh, no, I'll have to I'll, I'll have to manually, uh, I'll... I'll I'll tally him. Maybe we can tweet him out this week.
2: We're in like a fantasy league, like a, a grid rival league, Randy and I are at least. And it's uh Randy's Randy's gotten off to a good start this year.
0: Yeah. I, I got the team I, I got the team playing well. Got the boys uh, racing
2: hard. I was bummed. My man Yuki oh. shitting all over his team. God, that was a tough look on Saturday. <laughs> all week. Just really bitchy. <laughs> and then
0: is- didn't finish the race? Yeah. What what do we think about the Aston Martins this year? What, mm. what's up with
2: that? TC's TC, got a lot to answer for. Yeah, there. do you have a, do you have anything you want to answer for? No, that? I think they're I think they're they're on to twenty 2020, twenty uh twenty twenty two. They're you know they're trying to cheat again next year? No, they're trying to get ahead of the stuff. They you know I just I don't like the paint job.
1: That's got that's what's holding them back. I was not the cheating last year. I was at
2: the Atlanta airport last night there was a guy there decked out in Aston Martin uh you know x you know like the that dark green he had the whole like track suit on i didn't I, and i don't thing. mind the green
0: but it just doesn't pop because no, I know. they there's so much black in there like they got to figure out a way to make that green pop a little bit hmm.
2: another another great great ride for my man Checo.
0: Uh, so i got i got a question is, is Checo any different than the last two red bull racers mm. opposite Max, like well like what's he doing any different he's than- so
2: much he's he's squeezing he's yeah, he's finishing races he's squeezing so many he's making lemon making lemonade out of lemons oh come like, on what he's do you had, mean, like, driving a red Bull. yeah yeah, yeah but he's he's getting first of all he's got to get used to a new car here you guys are
1: so Checo is sixth in the standings right now okay Okay. Do you remember what Alex Albon
0: finished? Albon last year? came
2: out firing last year.
0: He, Albon finished seventh last year in the
1: standings,
2: and then he was and he was a danger to himself and others I, in the process, though.
0: I don't feel like Albon got this like he's got to get used to the car grace period mm. that that Chuka is getting. Mm. Listen, it's very interesting, Randy. I'm just saying, I, I haven't noticed like. Sergio is certainly nowhere, and it might just speak to how good of a driver Max is, right? Where it doesn't matter who you put beside Max, he's just going to be that much better than them. But I guess my point is like, Checo doesn't look any different than I'd Alon like, or Gasly. I'd, I'd like
2: to, to see me. Checo, Checo giving Charles a, a run for his money. Charles trying to starting to starting to reassert himself a little bit this year, uh, which devastating. I was watching with with uh, my little guy Freddie this morning. Big Ferrari fan. Mm. Big Ferrari. He likes the red cars. That's, I, I think that's
1: how they've got a lot of fans yeah. over the years.
0: <laughs> so who do you guys think is the third best driver right now? Uh, obviously, assuming Lewis and Max is one, two. I mean, is it
2: Lando or is it Botas?
0: Or is it Leclerc? I, I think, think it's Leclerc. almost think Leclerc the guy who's doing the most with yeah. Lewis. Yeah,
2: I think it's Leclerc. And then, you know, I, I think the most... Uh, Probably it's like who's the fourth the uh, fourth best driver? Because Ricardo has been kind of up and down, hit or miss. Lando can't seem to start properly. Signs is a fluffer, in my opinion. I think signs <laughs> signs is like a signs is like a like a sexier version of Lance Stroll
1: it's it's worth noting Ferrari Ferrari sniffing on McLaren's heels already for third. They That's are. going to be quite a bounce back for Ferrari. It's going to be, there's a couple, the races are going to shake out a lot more interestingly this year, I think. I'd, oh, there's going to be an actual race for third place, it looks like, which I think is going to be interesting.
0: I think the fourth best driver might be, if it's not Lando, I think it might be Georgie Russell.
1: That's where I just don't know how to separate the car from the driver <laughs> yeah. in this regard. So. Do you guys
0: um, want to apologize about Esteban uh, Ocon? No.
2: I think we're good there.
0: He's wow. he's putting together a nice little stretch he's here. Fine. He's up to ninth in the driver standings. I think I think it'd be big of you guys to maybe offer just yeah, a little I, bit of I an listen. apology. I'm not ready. I don't, know what I, I I don't think for. we've had
2: a, I don't think we've had that many good tracks yet, have we? I mean, it's been a it's been kind of slim pickings thus far in the, the. I, I was not
0: overly impressed with the Portugal, Spain. What's uh, up next, Monaco? Yeah, we're going to Monaco in a couple weeks. Okay, which I it, I. Just to prepare everybody, I guess it's not like the best it's race. Like gonna, yeah. It's just the best
2: party. So, you know, <laughs> I guess that's something. Going going back, I do want to you know another guy that I, I really love. I really enjoy watching Nikita Mazepin. Oh my God! They were they were they're gonna blue flag him today because <laughs> he refuses. He's he's getting laughed, but he's refusing to let let guys by, which is Todo getting on the horn. Yeah, yeah Toto him. had to get get on the radio. I I want Team Haas to be the the agents of chaos.
1: It's it's amazing that they're gonna like not even sniff a point, like not even get even remotely close to one.
2: <clears I know. clears throat> or Mazepin could take out half the field, and then Schumacher, you know, waltzes into ninth or something.
1: I, I, I don't think Mazepin's beaten a racer yet. Like he's I don't not. think uh, there, he's only beaten anyone that maybe has retired in a race, which is awesome.
0: It looks like, from where I can tell, there are, like, four storylines this year, right? There's, like, the Lewis Max World Championship storyline. There's the, like, who will finish third in the constructors, right? Which is essentially going to be McLaren versus Ferrari. Mm-hmm. And then I think there's, like, the best of the rest, which is a little bit eh. And then it's, like, Will Haas, Williams, maybe Alpha Romeo. Like, will any of them even score a point? It's, like, the, the other big. has been... I think Story.
2: I've been impressed with Kimmy this year. He's punching above that car's weight. I think.
0: <laughs> Which listen, TC, I, I, nobody loves that phrase more than I do, <laughs> and I love that you use it. I just don't know. I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not smart enough to know. Well, he seems like the type of guy though that will give you a professional drive. Does seem that way.
2: Neil was at a wedding this weekend with a, a French guy who was shitting all over Cyril. Mm. So I think you guys need to apologize to me.
1: Well, Cyril's not in race in that Formula One. And Neil homer. was shocked. <laughs> so- I brought that up at the draft. I know, I know. <laughs> Nobody
0: listens to me on this podcast.
1: All right, let's wrap it for the week. Big guy, thank you very much. And
0: uh, TC, thank you guys. Yeah, thank this is fun. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Uh,
1: anytime, anytime. We got uh, an interview coming up. Not well, not just we'll tease it as that coming out this coming Tuesday in advance of the AT and T Byron Nelson. And then, yeah, we'll be – I'm heading headed to Dallas tomorrow, actually, for doing another interview. The Plex. Heading to the Plex to do another interesting interview that will be playing on next Sunday night's episode. Uh, Rin,
2: so, Big, what do you got cooking this week? Anything?
0: Um, oh, the Reds are in town visiting yeah. the Rockies this weekend. Yeah. Um, buy some line drive seats? Uh, yeah, big four-game homestand for the Rockies. I'm going to be there supporting my Red Legs. I was supposed to play golf Tuesday, my first round in Colorado, but uh the weather forecast is right now it's forty-two degrees and snow. Uh Sick. so I don't know if that's gonna happen or not. But nice. Do you miss it here yeah. yet, Big? Um God. I nah, not not really. <laughs> I mean, I miss you guys. I don't miss the location. That's fair.
2: It, I still haven't like I'm still waiting for you to just walk through that door. I can't <laughs> it doesn't Hasn't set in yet that you're gone. No. We got I, some I, new I, I,
1: content coming this week on the video front, the little series we, we're calling Film Room. That'll be out, I believe, Monday. I Believe tomorrow. Maybe by the time this is uh, episode is, you know, maybe maybe by the time you're listening to this episode, it might be out. And then uh, a bunch of other videos coming out this week. Probably, I'm not sure on the dates on those exactly. But
2: and then we had a couple. Last, we had the Northland Road Golf came out last week. We need to do a proper, proper, uh, you know, tourist sauce treatment or something up there at some point. The bullet interview. hmm And then yeah, we're we're on the road this week. Neil and Cody and I are going to Congaree. That's right. And then going to Seattle. Never been to Seattle before. Going going to Seattle on Thursday.
0: Pack your pack your umbrella. Owning diamonds.
1: All kinds of things going on. So, so yeah. All right. Thanks everyone for tuning in. We'll see you back here next week. Cheers.
0: Gee, Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. Howdy, I mean, that's better than most. How about in? That is better than most.
2: Better than most. <laughs> Expect.